Welcome to the Philo Sophia podcast. Join our hosts Trevor and Alfredo as they plumb the depths of philosophy, religion, science, and history. Learn with us and laugh with us here on Philo Sophia. Welcome to Philo Sophia. My name is Trevor, joined as always by Alfredo and a guest, Brad. Brad, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I've been enjoying your podcast. I've been, I, I've been getting caught up with it. I, I really enjoy it. So thanks for having me. Oh, that's, that's nice to hear. That's awesome. That uh, That's all the motivation we need to keep doing it. So thank you. I appreciate that. I, um, I came across you on the Brothers of the Serpent chat room, which is an awesome podcast that I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast has already heard of. So I don't need to plug them too much, but, uh, we were, I want to say we were, I don't remember what we were talking about, but you recommended a book called, uh, when Jesus became God and it was about the Aryan controversy. And I read it super fast. It was so interesting. Then we started talking and someone else in the chat room started talking about the Nag Hammadi library. And you guys all knew so much and I knew nothing. So I was like, I need to get you guys on here and you were nice enough to agree. So thank you. So you emailed me a lot of different topics to talk about. I doubt we'll even get through one of them. I thought maybe we'd start with what is Gnosticism? Cause Alfredo and I don't know very much. So I, in tradition, I have a quote to start off with. Awesome. Love it. So this is uh, about the secret revelation of James by, it's actually from Elaine Pagel's book on Revelations. So in the secret revelation of James, it says, But Jesus says that whoever wants to understand this must come to know God experientially through an inner intuitive kind of knowing. Unless you receive this through Gnosis, you will not be able to find the kingdom. And the kingdom is in brackets there. Next, Jesus offers paradoxical teaching, urging Peter and James not only to follow him, but even to become better than I. Make yourselves like the son of the Holy Spirit. So that's from Elaine Pagel's Revelations, Vision, Prophecy, and Politics in the Book of Revelation. And so Gnosis is experiential uh, knowledge. It's it's intuitive. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Alan Watts again lately. Um, he's an older uh, mid, mid 20th century, I guess you'd say philosopher. And he died in like set in the seventies. Um, and he talks about cosmic consciousness and how like, if you're from Arkansas and you get exposed to this kind of cosmic consciousness, you might think, you know, I'm having this Jesus Christ experience, you know, but if you've studied the Upanishads, you realize, you know, you could have this Hindu experience. So it's basically like an inner subtle kind of energy. Mm. How long have you, sorry. No, go ahead, Alfredo. how, How long have you been studying this, Brad? So, I started out um, as a as an agnostic, and back in the in the '90s, I was into magic and things I probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> and I atheist for a long time, and so 
uh, back in 16, I had like a lot of, of life changing experiences. Uh, the biggest, you know, being the loss of my father. And so that's when I started like changing my life around and I started studying things. And for a long time, I didn't look at this as, you know, any kind of, um, you know, I didn't look for the spiritual side of it. That didn't happen till COVID in 2020. And I, you know, I had a lot of time on my hands. So I started meditating and things like that. And so the Gnosticism just kind of came along with the, the, the studying I was doing on evolution and ancient history and all the mysteries and, and, you know, a lot of the things y'all talk about on here and that they talk about on the, on the snake bros podcast too, just that kind of stuff, you know, but the, mm-hmm. the Gnosticism really kind of took hold, you know, during that, that time. I would say though, that uh, a lot of those things you mentioned are becoming pretty, pretty mainstream to talk about, but not, I wouldn't say Gnosticism is one of those. It's still pretty elusive. I don't know too many people that know much about it. And the, then what they know, I don't think they really know. Yeah. I think it's just on the surface. Right. But I mean, listening to that quote you read, you know, doesn't I, sound too controversial. It just sounds like a lot of, sim, in some ways, similar to Christianity. What, what would you say is the same and different from Gnosticism and traditional orthodox christianity well you know it's like in in gnosticism you know i I would say you know i I look at it kind of from a hindu vedic perspective where you have this idea of the self and brahman being god and so you realize there's no difference between you and god you and god are one and the same you're the self which is kind of a a blasphemous message or a heresy to orthodox evangelical Christianity as I knew it growing up, you know, mm-hmm. it's like Jesus is the son of God. And so to say you're on that same level is kind of blasphemy, but that's kind of what Alan Watts is getting it with his quote there, you know, is that, you know, we're all experiencing this cosmic consciousness together. And so, I use like a blend of different things like hermeticism as well as uh, the Kabbalah. So, um, but I, I want to move into that before we do though. Um, that's something we've certainly talked about. And I hear a lot is this idea of kind of, you know, elevating yourself to the level of God, blasphemous, heretical at the same time though, I mean, we hear a lot about, and I'm, and I'm new to all this, not just Gnosticism, but Christianity, everything. You hear about us all having a, a piece of the Holy Spirit that animates us. And that's a little bit like saying we all have a little spark of divinity in us. It's not, I guess it's not taking it as far as saying that, you know, we're all the same as, as a God or God. But still, it's, it's, I guess it's not that uh orthogonal to one another it's not that antithetical what do you think alfredo no i i i totally agree i there's a misconception again uh about what brad is saying that there's a strong belief system that uh when we are god you know when we are gods you know people look down upon it but there's there's more to that i think and that's the whole 
point of you know being a christian right you want to be close to jesus you don't want to be jesus but you want to be close to that essence is that is that what we're talking about here right brad yeah i think that's a good good way to, to do it you know um in the book i recommended to trevor you know, that was kind of the split was this heresy is whether Jesus was a human who was divine or a divine and is human. And so I can see it, you know, mm -hmm. I think in a modern perspective, you know, it depends on how you were raised. You know, if you, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was exposed to a lot of like Southern Baptist kind of teachings as a child. So hellfire and brimstone. Mm -hmm. So I got mm -hmm. that side of it, you know, and I was talking to a friend of mine, you know, when mm -hmm. I was pre-awakening even about Catholicism, and he had a totally different view of God mm -hmm. than I did. And so it, it was kind of an eye-awakening experience, you know, how I could get stuck in my own modality. And so I think a lot of the things that have happened to us along the way have been like survival mechanisms. You know, there's this idea about the bicameral mind and a split in your brain and so I think a lot of these things, you know, are, are very traumatic to us. And so we talk about wrestling with God as well, and that, that's a very difficult thing to do. What what do you what do you mean by bicameral mind? I I know the phrase, but I can't I can't put a meaning to it for some reason. So so there's a, there's a book, and I haven't actually read the book. I've just I've just read a lot of things peripheral to it, but it's this idea that. The two hemispheres of our brain were, commu were, were communicating with one another, kind of schizophrenic. Yeah. And then they merged together into one. Was and that, so I think that was the book, Matt, the master and its emissary by chance. Does that sound familiar? Well, no, it's, it's, it's something about the, the bicameral mind is oh, in okay. the title. Of okay. It. Yeah. It sounds interesting. sounds interesting. Yeah, I've got I've got it, but I never actually read it because I kind of veered off into this path more than some of the science. The the book you recommended it was it was crazy to me how, I mean, really the entire Roman Empire went to war with itself over this idea, which to me didn't even really seem like that controversial of an idea. It was something like, hey, we could have different interpretations of this idea, but uh, yeah, that I mean in some ways eventually led to the collapse of the Roman empire and the, the East versus West ideology that still exists today. It was fascinating to me. Um, really just all centered around. Yes. Is Jesus the son of God or is he God? And uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Did you by chance listen to our episode with Kurt? Brad Curtis Rose. Did you by chance hear that episode? He um he quotes Alan Watts all the time to me, <laughs> so so to hear you bring up Alan Watts is awesome. Is, is he the gentleman from North California with the ranch? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Good memory, very good memory. He always sends me Alan Watts quotes, so I love that you brought that up. We we talked about the Nag Hammadi a little bit. To me, to me, I kind of viewed those as like the Gnostic texts. Is that a correct understanding of what that is? Yeah, like you have you have the the Hermetic text Her Hermes Trismegistus, who has quite a bit, um, and then the the no were discovered later, and they're the they're more of the the ones that were hidden away. So you know 
we talk about the book being open. So the internet has opened up a lot of these ancient texts to us and we're able to cross reference and see them. So the Gnostic, you know, library has just grown exponentially. You know, they say the Renaissance started off of one of the Hermes Trismegistus books, you know. And so I would consider them all, all, all kind of Gnostic text in that line too. That's that's pretty amazing. So I was going to ask you something, uh, Brett. You said you started around the '90s, you know, pre-internet, and you know, you gather all this information and you start to be interested on a few other topics. And now that we have the internet, right, and all this information at your at an instant. How you how do you deal with all this information now that you can access all this amazing stuff that you could <laughs> like you could go to the library right and spend hours just to find like yeah. one book that might be relevant? I know because I did that. Like I went to the local library and just looking for things you couldn't find it, and then you end, anyway. So now that you have the internet, it's how do you how do you balance all this information into your life? Because I'm sure it can drive you crazy. I know it drives me crazy. Yeah, I mean that—that's what my 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 process is all about—is balance. You know, trying to find these out. You know, I never have enough time in the day, and so, you know, I, one of the mechanisms I, I I came up with was, you know, I'm going to need a few more lifetimes. So <laughs> I guess I must be doing this in parallel journeys along the way because there's too many things for me to do in right, one lifetime. Right. Right, but something you know. is pulling you towards this yeah. time, right? Towards that yeah. information that I'm assuming. How's your life now that you are more in tune with what you were looking for? I mean, my, I mean, it's like it's night and day difference. You know, I, I, mm. I never was. You know, I, I consider myself. You know, a. a, a a believer now what and what i don't know what how, how to actually describe it you know we'll, we'll be getting through a lot of that i guess but you know um it, it, it's just night and day difference you know it's like a saw to paul conversion on the on the way but you know it's been a lot more involved than that too so you know it, it's like that that thing i said about you know uh become better than i you know that's just what what I started out doing was, you know, I just wanted to be the best person I could be, you know, be it, be a find my higher self or my true self. So, you know, it's, it's been really, really good. You know, like uh, I, I started out with a candlelight. I don't know if you're familiar with the will of time, but I just started meditating on a little candlelight, you know, and that candlelight, I just broke the whole thing open, you know, and I realized I have been like totally enshrouded myself in darkness. Mm -hmm. And so it's all these metaphors that really, really work out. And, and so. Can you explain that light to those who don't know? Like me. <laughs> or the, our listeners. So I, basically I just pictured a candle with the light and so I, I was meditating in the darkness, and I just focused all my attention on that one candlelight, that light of flame. And so it was just kind of a way for me to focus, like, you know, 
I had a lot of issues with, you know, ADHD or whatever, you know, scatterbrain this and that, and I still do, but, you know, tried to learn, you know, meditation, contemplation techniques. So I just started out with that little light of flame and it just kind of blossomed into the sun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I've heard it just kind of opens everything. It just, it just depends on each person. Like you focus, you focus, and then that flame just opens at a certain time. Uh, So now that you mentioned this and that you're on the right, it sounds like you're on the right path of consciousness of knowledge, right? To be a better person. How do you, how do you see the world now consciousness? I think Troy and I were talking about last week about how everything is just upside down, really upside down. Like I know it was back in Roman times, but right now it's just the waking hours. As soon as you wake up until the moment you go to sleep, it's just bombardment of nonsense. How do you, how do you, what do you think about the current state of affairs, human consciousness? Well, I think, you know, that's, that's kind of, I'm glad I found the, the practices I found because, you know, I'm, I, I can throw in a plug for your sponsor here. I, I, <laughs> I have sacred rituals I do, you know, yes. whether, whether it's meditating or, or, or you could do it as a bath cleansing yourself, you know, making yourself holy that way, you know, bathing yourself in light, you know. So I, I've used that, but, you know, I, I think – it's a modality you can choose. You know, we're going to talk about willpower, you know, and it's free will is not free. It costs a lot to do. And so mm-hmm. I think you see a lot of people who have retreated into hedonism and mm-hmm. things like that. And I think it's going to do what I want. But, you know, you got to have like discipline and, and things like that to, to, truly blossom in life because you have to keep yourself grounded, you know? And so that's kind of one of the things, you know, we need to find as a center, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine and, and we were talking about, um, about this and he had said, you know, uh, I, I have to see if I can find the quote maybe, but, you know, he was talking about, this yogi who was mentioning reaching this boundless state of within, I said, yeah, that's true, but you got to have a center because if you get to just lose yourself out there and that you're just letting anything you can into it. And so you got to keep yourself protected as well. And so that's what kind of one of the things like when I was studying magic in the nineties is I didn't keep myself protected. I just let myself open to these things. And so I don't practice a lot of things like that because I don't want to let myself open to, to forces out there, you know, mm-hmm. and you can say, are they really demons? Or are they not? And, you know, we can call them night tremors or s- explain them off in some kind of Jungian psychology way. Mm-hmm. But to us, the experiencer, it's a real experiencer. So that's a real demon in our heads, whether it's real in a, in any kind of, you know, way to prove it. No, you can't prove it exists, you know, but it's a real thing because it's something we've experienced. And that's what Gnosis kind of, kind of teaches us, I think. Wow. Cool. Having this point of view, what do you think 
I mean, being who you are, what do you think you, it's been the greatest obstacle when you talk to other people about it? I, I guess, you know, I, I really just do these as it wouldn't be something I just bring up to anybody, you know, I <laughs> mean, is that? you know, how come? Um, it's just too new to me. Like, I mean, I, I didn't really expect to be talking as openly about it, you know, like this as I was, but you know, uh, it's just not That's something cool. I, I'm, I'm growing into, you know, it feels like, I see. uh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of what this is all about. We're all just trying to figure, figure things out. My speaking of, of Kurt earlier, I mean, that was something he texted me that I felt like was pretty powerful. Um, just basically might've been an Alan Watts quote. I don't know, but basically that we're all, we're all just taking different paths towards the, so, the same goal, you know? And, and like you're saying, some of us kind of have a, a highest value or a center that is incredibly helpful and guiding us down that path. But looking around and I'll put myself in this category some days too. It just seems like we're all, you know, we're all kind of listless. And if you're not careful, you can start worshiping, you know, mundane things. Like you mentioned hedonism. Like we can start worshiping things that probably shouldn't be worshiped. It, it almost kind of feels like we have to worship something. And if we call ourselves atheist, we're probably worshiping something we don't even realize we're worshiping, you know, um, our career, uh, materialism, who knows? So I just like the idea of trying to find something. And it sounds like you've done that and you're kind of exploring it just like all of us. That's awesome. You, you earlier, a couple of times you've mentioned the Kabbalah. I, I know nothing about that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what that means? What that is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did. I prepared some stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't didn't come sounding too crazy, but uh, <laughs> if so, this is a quote from Paracelsus. Um, if we would know the inner nature of man by his outer nature, if we would understand his inner heaven by his outward aspect, if we would know the inner nature of trees, herbs, roots, stones by their outward aspect, we must pursue our exploration of nature on the foundation of the Kabbalah. For the Kabbalah opens up access to the occult, to the mysteries. It enables us to read a sealed epistles and books, and likewise the inner nature of men. And that's so Kabbalah is what. what it means to receive in Hebrew. So one of the things I, I like talking about is what do the words mean? Like what, so what does Kabbalah mean? It means to receive. And I spell it with a Q. Um, you see it spelled with a K and two Bs and a Q and one B. And also in the Paracelsus quote, it's with a CA. So you have different flavors of it. So I use the Q Kabbalah as a Gnostic. Uh, well, Kabbalah is also Jewish mysticism, and the C Kabbalah would be Christian mysticism. So you can divvy it up like that. I like the Q because it's, you know, I'm a Gnostic, you know, and, and to me it's, 
you know, we do, I do a lot of comparative mythology and things like that. And so one of the main ways to understand the Kabbalah is through the tree of life. Uh, are you familiar with the, the diagram known as the tree of life? I, uh, it's the 10 Sephiroth. The, the, uh, so, so basically, Kether is the crown at top. You go all the way down to Malkuth. You have. Uh, are, are you familiar with that? I've seen it. Yeah, I've only seen it. I know nothing about it beyond a basic I don't know a whole lot, yeah. image in my head. Okay. So the diagram of the 10, we call them the 10 Sephirah of nothingness and the tree of life. And so you have 10 Sephirah, you have 22 paths, um, which make up the tree. So you have three horizontal lines, which are the three mothers. You have seven vertical lines, which are the seven doubles and 12 diagonal lines, which are the 12 elementals. And you have 22 paths, 22 Hebrew letters, and you have the 22 made kana of the tarot. And so uh, also in a lot of the uh, ancients, you'll see these three, two pillars, you know, the high priestess of the tarot, you have the two pillars, uh, Joaquin and Baez, I'm not saying that right, but uh, Boaz and Joachim. Uh, I've seen that in Freemason. Is that correct? Yes. The, the two pillars? Yeah, yeah. There is a two pillars in Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's um, in ancient, uh, is that Tiwanaku? It's mm -hmm. in Egypt. It's all over the place. You'll right. see that, that, that message. And so, one of the meditations I do is the middle pillar, you know, meditating on that middle pillar. And you go from the most high down to the kingdom. You know, you have 10 Sephiroth, you have 10 commandments. There's lots of 10s out there that coordinate within these 10 Sephiroth. Is that, is there a reason why it's in decimal, like, you know, 10s or... Is it primarily tens? Because I know that Babel, in Babylon times, they used to use a lot of six, right? Six was a main number. And they built everything in sixes. And that's what they used. But is this more... Is this different? From so, what you know? You have a lot of new, not new knowledge here, math in there. Mm -hmm. So you have like... Three doubles, three mothers. You have you have seven doubles, twelve elementals. So you have like mm -hmm. ten basic Sephiroth, but they're mm -hmm. repeated. And th so there's a formula there. So you can actually, I didn't prepare anything on this, but you have like, uh, you know, you you can lower and raise that based off the N code. Like you know, it, there, there's a mathematical derivation between each That's of so them. Cool. So if you change if you change the N to 
you know, the three mothers to four mothers, you can expand it out. And so it's, mm. it, it matches, it matches some mathematics out there. Right, right, um, right. I can't remember what the formula is called, but I saw an article on it, how it's like this, they found this math and it's just, just like the Kabbalah all over mm. again. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. It's so geometrical and, and, uh, I understand there are different levels of knowledge, correct? Like the more, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. So how do you how do you put yourself like how do you apply this in your daily life? So w- one of the things um so, so I introduce Kabbalah to talk about yoga. Uh you yoga, yoga is uh as, when I, when I went to do my research and I was making my notes, I went back to this book I have on the Kabbalah and it starts out with yoga, you know, Kabbalah is a yoga for the West. And so you have like five, mm-hmm. all these five different methods within yoga mm-hmm. besides. So we have Hatha yoga, which is our, our yoga that we practice and we do in yoga pants or whatever. And you, you do all the poses. We call that, you know, Hatha yoga control of the body and development of the inner physical resources. And you have karmic yoga, which is application of yoga through right living, you know, just doing the right thing. Uh, You have nana, which is the pursuit of enlightenment through philosophical speculation. And then bhakit is the religious way of devotional mysticism. And then raha is education of consciousness through meditation and contemplation. And so it's kind of like an integrated practice, you know, where, you know, I I meditate a lot, you know, I I do contemplation, you know, I mentioned like finding devotion to God, you know, union with God, you know, realizing you're part of that cosmic consciousness, you know, uh, kind of idea. And so, like listening to podcasts like, you know, Philosophia or or, our Philosophia, you know, philosophical speculation, you know, that's one of the things I do a lot, you know, is, you know, I, 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 I spend a lot of time, you know, not studying this stuff. So, you know, I I find that in my free time I'm reading or, or learning or doing stuff about this. So I spend a lot of my, my life, is about this kind of kind of thing now you know it's just there's just so many mysteries out there whether you want to look into like pyramids or if you want to look into religion and spirituality there's just so many different things out there you said you know so yeah. i just it's, try to pick my battles on learning them there you go there you go yeah there's an endless amount of things but it's great it's crazy to me there's a large proportion of people who just are not interested in any of that which boggles my mind. I don't understand how you wait, wait, you're not interested in, you know, Roman history, secret religions, you know, philosophy. Yeah. It it boggles, boggles my mind. Sometimes I wrestle with, you know, why am I so interested in it? Is it a waste of time? But I, I don't think it could be a waste of time because it's just a part of who I am. So why would I, why would I ignore a part of who I am? And it, it sounds like you're the same way. So. Yeah. You know, um, when I was looking up Kabbalah and I did it in Google Translate, it came up with acceptance. Mm. And I said, 
I just love that because I, I'm, I practice Kabbalah and yoga. So it's accepting your union with God, accepting your, mm. I mean, it just really means accepting who you are learning, you know, you're, you're, you're a human being, you're flawed, you have problems and you, you know, it's practicing self-love, whether that's through a, a, an alternative source of like Brahman or Jesus or Buddha or, or just finding, you know, within, you know, I actually had, I actually had a lot of Mary experiences, which was weird. You know, I, I, I call her the goddess, you know, and I was like, holy cow, the goddess is real. You know, am I going crazy? You know, and, you know, and luckily I, I remembered Alan Watts. And <laughs> I, I had, I guess, been really misinformed. I always thought that the Kabbalah was a particular book. It's, it's not, it's a practice. Oh, you mean like a Quran? Yeah, so, something. I mean, I, yeah, I yeah. thought I thought it was, I thought it was a book that had like some mathematical way of interpreting the, the that, that each letter had a number. Is that way? Yeah, I'll... yeah. So, so there's all that aspects too, which which we can talk about. Um, I didn't want to. I didn't know how much overload or information you have. Gematria, which is number value. So, like the 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 letter. Y or J or I, Yod, Yud, is the little asterisk-looking thing. It means hand. Mm. And a Yud is a Yud Daleth, which is a Y and a D or a J, I and a D, Yud. And it, it is 10 and 4. That's 14. And that means hand. There are 14 bones in the human hand. So Gematria lets us learn things like that. Wow. Uh, the numerical relationship. So and, you take these 10 letters, you, you got the 20, the 10 letters and you have 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And the first 10 are one through 10. And then it goes from Yud through Kuf again, <laughs> Kuf to Kuf. And it's, and it goes up by tens. Hmm. 10, 20, 30, 40, up to 100, and then you have the last four, 100, 200, 300. So each of the letters has a numerical value to it, and so you can take a word and play with it like that. And so... Wow. Uh, oh, you could just lose yourself in that. That is yeah. that is incredible. And so what, what texts are they... I mean, so this is Jewish mysticism, so if they're Jewish, the Torah is involved. Are they applying this to the Torah or to what texts? Yeah, so you have the Zohar, the Bahir, the Sefer Yetzirah, and there's other texts as well. So the Sefer Yetzirah is the book of creation, and it ties in a lot with uh, it ties in a lot with the the Bible and the the, the book of Genesis creation. You know, you start out with the world being formless and void. You know, um, we're going to create something from nothing. A lot of that teaching is in the Sefer Yatzerah. So, you know, we have these things called the Kabbalistic Vells of Unmasked Manifest. We have nothingness. Sorry to interrupt. You were saying something. That sounds good. That sounded awesome. Can you repeat that one? The three Kabbalistic vills of unmanifest. Yes. You have, so it's Ain, Ain Sof, and Ain Safar. 
And so we start with nothing. Um, Ain is not our negativity. It's it, it's the first bell. I think of it like the black hole heart of the galaxy. Just nothing. Ain Sof is the limitless. You have uh, the negative Ain with the limit Sof. And so I think of that like the event horizon of the black hole. So you have this let there be light. So you have Ain Sof R, the limitless light. And so you have this idea of a black hole and a white hole. And it's just kind of eating its own tail, the Ouroboros or the cosmic egg, uh, you know, sounds that like, kind of idea. So, sounds like bang. yin and yang. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely part of it. You know, I started out, I, Taoism is another big part of my practice as well. Um, you know, there's lots of moving pieces in there. Um, and, and, and the yin yang, you have it, you think of it as a dualism, but you have the black and the white, but then you have the white and the black and the black and the white. So you have like a multiplicity going on there uh, as well. Now you're talking about black holes a little bit. I, I always think it's, it's always odd to me that at least in my experience, you know, religious practice, people who practice religion don't always seem terribly interested in the universe, you know, like space, black holes, quantum physics, you know, I, to me, the yeah. thing that the two have to be intertwined. I mean, why would we ignore the fundamental nature of reality if we're interested in, in religion and creation and stuff? So w one of our favorite topics on here is talking about the simulation hypothesis and, oh, I love your mug, by the way, Alfredo will enjoy that. Oh yeah, stormtrooper. <laughs> oh, oh, what's on the? Oh, the I can't boss. see it. So, oh, Vader. The black nice. and the white. Oh, the black go, the and the white. Yang. Wow, very cool. Yeah, that is so cool. Uh, you know, George Lucas did use a lot of religion. Uh, oh yeah, to to create these movies and paintings and art. It's pretty amazing. What was I even talking about? I got distracted by no, it wasn't you. I got distracted, got distracted by that by cool stormtrooper. Uh, oh, oh, what do you, what do you think about all that? About this idea that you know could could all of these texts be describing something that we, with our modern language, would describe as the universe was created, and we are rendering our reality. We've got these super processors in our head, and the data is stored in the black hole, and there's no computational engine powerful enough to render it all. So we just render what we see, what we hear. I love that. To me, that is a religious uh, view, but but it's kind of almost viewed, I would guess, as an alternative to religion. But I don't I don't get that. What do you think about that idea? That, that that's one of the reasons I, I wanted to talk to y'all about this because I think it's a map for for that. Like where we have these ten Sephiroth, and you have a hierarchy within them. I think you've read Enoch yeah. or some of Enoch have all the angels in it. So each of the Sephirah have a uh, overlord, an archangel, an order of angels, you know, and a whole host of, of things to them. And you'll see lots of parallels within like biblical text and things like that within them. Um, so I'm like, you know, the, this is, 
that's what this whole process is, is rendering reality. This black hole, it's kind of like, I used, I used to think of it like the universe is a divide by zero error, you know? <laughs> so you have the, it's, it's just constantly regurgitating itself, I guess you say, you know, the Ouroboros, you know, the, the black hole is sucking us in and then spewing us out and we're just recirculating in that, you know, we're made of star stuff, but then so is all the other, everything else, you know, so is your garbage, you know, so don't get too cocky about it, you know. <laughs> that, oh, that's a great point. I need to remember well that <laughs> next time I hear that. That's, um, we on the show all the time talk about cycles and how many times has this world ended and started, but that, I mean, you could expand that out easily to the, to the whole universe expanding and contracting and expanding and contract. And there, there's this book I recommend if you really just want to waste time, there's a series, I think it's called we are, I, don't, I think it's, we are Bob is the name of the book. We are Bob, but this guy gets his consciousness put on a computer mm. and, uh, one of the things he learns when he's put in the computer is that he can change his frame rate, like your processor speed. Like, you know, you buy a computer, you can look at the processor speed and, and that's basically how fast he thinks. And if he finds, if he turns the frame rate up really high, time slows down around him because he's moving so quickly. Hmm. And I can't help but think, you know, we can't comprehend a trillion years. Of course, it seems terrifying to us, but for some force that can create universes, you might just let the simulation run <laughs> for a trillion years. I don't know why. I don't know what the purpose would be. But when you think about the simulation hypothesis, I, I, I feel like if you view it in combination with some sort of religious viewpoint, it is in some way kind of strangely uh, settling. Like it just kind of calms you down a little bit. I don't know why, at least for me, but, um, anyway, so how do you see, do you see some of these mathematical aspects of Kabbalah kind of supporting this idea that there's code hidden knowledge, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah, definitely do. Like, um, what, what, like the one text I mentioned, the Sefer Yetzirah, it has like the ciphers in it. So you have like gematria. You have a couple other versions I, I can bring up too, but, um, can, can you explain what that means? It, like a key, like when you say cipher, it's like a, a key so you can decipher yeah. words. Yeah. Yeah. So like you have like the alphabet, you have like the, it's like 231 gates and you have all these different ways of rearranging the alphabet. And uh, so you have the alphabet, which is the 22 letters. And then you have the Lama bet, which is the 32 paths and Lev in Hebrew is heart. So you have the path of the heart hidden in there too. So it tells you about your heart. So you have all these different things and like, Language is so weird because you have like these letters, like a Hebrew letter, like may look like a letter Y in our language, the lowercase Y, and then it may be upside down in some other language. And so you have this Tower of Babel moment that that goes on 
where it's like you have this plan plan within reality with numbers and letters. And so all these clues have been scattered throughout. And so Kabbalah is one way of learning. You know, I was listening to a Gnostic talk about not being able to master his own mind. And he was able, and I'm like, listen to this other guy. And he's like, this is the Buddhist way of mastery of mind, you know? And so you have one tradition telling you how to do one thing and another one telling you how to do a, a mm-hmm. different one. And so finding these ciphers and keys and all the numbers is, is part of the whole, whole thing, you know? Uh, wow. I, um, we, we've barely scratched the surface, but I, I got my little 45 minute warning. So I want to take like the next 15 minutes to sort of take you out of the hot seat presenter role <laughs> and just, kind of, right. just kind of ask you some, some questions about stuff. So that went, that went fast. Yeah. That flew by. Um, what do you, do you think anybody has figured this out? Do you think there's a person or a group of people mm. or secret society that has actually decoded all this and they know all the answers or do you think it's just impossible to figure out? Yeah. Somebody out there is laughing at me cause I'm an idiot. Cause I'm, 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 I haven't figured anything out yet. I'm just scratching the surface, you know, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a newbie to this, but like, I feel like, you know, one of the things we say in Kabbalah, one of the, one of the things in there is he, he bound it and he put a crown on it, you know, so the crown and so one of those things I think is like, there's lots of this going on all around us, like all this symbolic, all these symbols, all these icons, all this stuff is in our, our popular culture. You know, you hear about these people on TV talking, you know, like Hollywood and all this stuff, you know, and they're flashing signs like, you know, doing all these things, not knowing what they're doing, you know? So I feel like, you know, uh, do you sometimes that do you sometimes wonder if someone does know what they're doing and is telling them to do certain things? I, that that's that's the conspiracy, right? Is that somebody does know what's going on? Maybe we want to think someone knows what's going on. Maybe nobody does, but who knows? So, like, if, if you go back and so, like, John D was the court magician for Queen Elizabeth, and you can see how this hidden hand is played out throughout the whole of the British Empire and to the American empire and to, to today. And so there's somebody out there pulling these strings. I mean, it, it's pretty obvious once you get to it, yep. but I think, I think it's a lot more subtle than we realize, you know? Uh, and do you, do you think whoever that is who's pulling those strings? Do you think, do you think they're just someone who has access to, hidden knowledge like this, which is not necessarily evil, or do you think there's some other force that's behind, you know, it basically is it evil humans or evil something else? What would, what's your gut tell you? (laughs) That's a terrible question to ask. I'm sorry, but, but what does your gut tell you? So, So, I mean, I think, you know, we hear the term NHI or AI. Yep. Either one. I think they're virtually indistinguishable. I think there's a. I think there's a lot of AI encoding in, in what we do, and so I think it's it's higher than humans. But 
I also think that these forces in many ways are incapable of acting without us. So they need us to be their kind of go-between. Interesting. Well put. You know what that reminds me of? Everything reminds me of this, but the video game analogy, right? Right. You need your character in the simulation to do anything. You can't, without that avatar, you can't experience the simulation. And see, there's there's lots of traps that people put you in. And that's kind of why, you know, I'm glad we're having these conversations is because I think I can help people escape some of these traps because you start thinking, I need to do this to level up. But it's a video game. What did the Kirk do? The Kirk reprogrammed the video game. You yes. can reprogram the video game, you know. What's that test so, called? What's that? I want to test your Trekkie knowledge. What is that test? The Kobayashi the Maru. Is that Kobe the right Kobayashi Maru. Nice. <laughs> nice. Very impressive. So, so we're playing. I went to I went to Ole Miss, which is where uh, the doctor went. McCoy went. Dr. McCoy is a graduate of the University of Mississippi Medical School, <laughs> where I live at now. So there's another trick. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, man, I always come back to the video game analogy. I mean, the computer is just, I think the closest analogy we're ever going to get to whatever this is that we're in. I don't, I just don't think there's a better metaphor in current life. And so then you start, you start trying to extrapolate like, well, somebody built the computer, somebody wrote the code there. Is there multiplayer, you know, is there good versus bad? Is there game over continue? (laughs) You know, all of these ideas that we love talking about. Um, so, Okay, so we're, now that we're in the kind of casual portion of our show, I, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. So I think we kind of go from being a computer brain to a human brain to a computer brain. Like that's kind of like Joe Rogan talks about us being in a technological cocoon. Yeah. And so I think there's people that are going to be reborn in the matrix, but then there's some of us who are going to build our own matrix. And so I don't know. It's kind of weird. But. Well, no, no, another another cool way of saying that is we go from software on the cloud to software mm-hmm. in a in a local machine, right? Hardware, cloud, hardware, cloud. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of described us as like a, a a body within a soul, or an engine, or the engine to our soul. The body is our engine. So you know, getting you know. The Hatha yoga, breathing, doing all this stuff is really important for us to integrate with our interfaces. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Ghost in the machine. What do you think about all these aliens? So this, I, this I, is a I group said, question. This is a question for both of you. What do you guys think about these aliens? You go first, Brad. Yes. So the phenomenon is a personal, spiritual kind of thing. Mm. UFOs are unidentified flying objects, and UAPs are government psyops. So whatever you see on the on the government's presenting us is an op. Yep, I and I don't disagree with that. You just drop the mic. You <laughs> <laughs> can't. Is true. Yeah, I I don't. It's, it's got to be. I, it's just I can't believe that. Uh, all of a sudden, everyone's like, you know what? These poor citizens, they deserve to know what's going on. Let's get to the bottom of this. Let's find right. some truth for them. As cynical as it is, I just can't I can't get there. What are these little weird gray creatures in Mexico? What's up with that? 
Any, anybody have any, any ideas? To me, it seems saw, very fake. Them, but they've been out there for a while. Yeah. There was yeah, a few in Peru, a few in Mexico City, usually where they're ancient civilizations, you know. But um, I, I just saw this guy take an X-ray, and one of them had a, a ring out of uh, out of uh, gold and platinum, a few other metals. Really? Fingers. Yeah, that was kind of cool. See, in the pictures, they don't, they look, it looks like casts out of cement. So they have done x rays and there's actual yes, skeletal yes. structures You're and right. stuff. Right. And they actually study the rings that they were, that they had on. Oh, boy. A few thousand years old. Huh. But why, the, the, the thing is, is why now? Right. Everything's right. now. Everything's happening. It's very easy to get kind of Project Bluebeam with all of this stuff, you know, to start thinking that way. Diversion, right? Diversion or buildup? Or both. What do you think, Brad? You can't dodge this one. (laughs) (laughs) We need an opinion. (laughs) So so, uh, you you can tell who's going to react right away when something like this happens. People are in their ideological camp. So I try and take a step back and just let it play out. Nice. And, and so, uh, I, I so think healthy. of the X file. I think of the X files a lot. Like so, Deep Throat gives Mulder these photos, and they're all fake except for one, and he has to figure out which one's the real fake UFO. You know, and so it's you've got like reptilian eggs in one of the bodies, and you have all these all these red herrings going on. So I think there's probably you know, I, I don't know. They said they, they took a lot of the corpses and cobbled them together from indigenous people. So I don't know if there's something going on there, but, but it's very, you know. Wow. <laughs> we live in a weird time, you know. That's right. What that a time is, to be I, alive. Really right. That's right. That's right. I like his approach. I like your approach, though, Brad. Like, kind of step back and let people think what they want to think. Sounds healthy. You just take your own approach and see what's the most uh, effective, and you know that uh, with the best outcome. That's that's a good approach. Yeah. Do you think we're yeah. all guilty of having this idea that we'll be able to figure it out? Like personally, like I, I find myself being guilty of if I just wait and gather information, I'll be able to figure out what the deception is. That's probably pretty naive, huh? A lot of this. We we may not be as immune to it as we think, whatever this is. If it really is being directed by some malevolent force, you know what I mean? It's tough. That's why it's so tempting to sort of check out sometimes completely. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's too dang interesting. I want to see what yeah. happens next. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up maybe for three days or a week. Yeah. A little vacay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, what do you want to leave us with Brad? We're going to, you're going to have to come back on the show because I, I think we barely, we d- all we really did was get to know you a little bit and start right. covering some basic terminology. So I hope you yeah. had fun and we'll come back, but what do you want to leave us with? So, so do you want to know? I, so I, I have one more quote I had picked out. I can, I can do that one. Oh um, no, we don't like quotes around here. We never do quotes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, oh, please do. Suffer. All right. So this is from Eliphas Levi. He's a 19th century uh, mystic. He said, God 
as the intelligent, living, and loving infinite one. He is for them neither the collection of other beings, nor the abstraction of existence, nor a philosophically definable being. God is in all, distinct from all, and greater than all. God's very name is ineffable, and yet this name only expresses the human ideal of divinity. What God is, is not given for us to know. God is the absolute of faith. Existence is the absolute of reason. Existence exists by itself and because and because it exists. The reason of the existence of existence is existence itself. So we're just here to be alive. Wow. What was that? What was that from? Wow. I like that. I didn't, I didn't realize I was muted. I was going, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Yeah. What, what is that from again? Can you say? His name is Eliphas Levi. When he, was he, uh, I don't know the exact year. It would have been the 1800s. He was like pre-Crowley, pre-Golden Dawn era. Right, right, right. Right around the time of Blavatsky and the Theosophy, like the, the, origin, like the origins of like modern spiritualism. Right. You know, uh, I don't know a lot about him. I just saw that quote and I was like, you know, I, you know I, I struggled with the term God for such a long time that, you know, it's, it's, it's really healthy to be able to talk about it freely Yeah, and to say it like that, you know, cause I would say that it all or yep. the infinite universe, or whatever. universe is a popular one. Yeah. I do that all yeah. the time. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> it's, um, you know what it is? I was talking to my friend about this the other day. Uh, it's sometimes I think if you grow up, especially if you grow up seeing negative, um, attributing negative things to religion, you know, you learn about all the terrible things, religious groups, did you you learn about how you know god god hates gay type of stuff and um you just hear all these things about religion you start to confuse religion and god that's that's what i think you start i and I, i when i was you know an angry atheist in college all of my like viewpoints about why it's bad why it's bad i was actually talking about why religion was bad I was very rarely was actually talking about a specific thing that's written in a religious text that's attributed to God. It was almost always some practice associated with some religion and religion is human and is not necessarily God. That's what I've come to believe. I don't know if that's true, but it helps me. uh, Like you said, like I I could not say the word God in conversation. It made me so uncomfortable. And I think that's a, a cultural negative negativity but um, you know i when i met you trevor i don't think i've you've ever mentioned anything like that maybe this is about oh god 11 years ago but um you were probably fresh out of college you mentioned college you probably five four years on you about it but you kept it you were still cool even though you had that belief system you know oh yeah i went <laughs> i went from like crabby atheist to just hidden closeted atheist <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden we we come up with a podcast and we became good friends but uh, uh yeah that's you're absolutely right about that we confuse religion with god i think a lot of a lot of secular folks who didn't grow up or who are not religious i think they're probably guilty of that as well i i've been 
it sounds like you listen to Rogan, Brad. Um, I, I think a lot of his sort of like atheist leanings come from that too. It's been interesting to listen to his show and watch him get a little bit more open-minded about spirituality and religion and stuff. But um, anyway, this was a great conversation. I hope you had fun. I, I did. I, I hope y'all enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We did. That was, oh, no. that was maybe the fastest hour. Um, ever that flew by uh that flew by i hope you'll be so knowledgeable i hope you'll be willing to be like a uh recurring guest oh yeah i got a lot more to say (laughs) (laughs) and and if you ever want us to to record video and you want to share a screen or something just let us know beforehand that'll be fun we could put up put up you know like the tree of life or that kind of stuff whatever you want um we can talk some anunnaki one of these days that'd be fun again to talk about. So I really appreciate it. The, uh, I'll edit and post this tonight and, um, I think we can, can wrap it up there. Do you, do you have a closing, any closing thoughts or do you want to leave us with that amazing quote again? Uh, I'll leave, I'll leave y'all with that. So, you know, well, thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed our show, Brad and, listening to us just rambling about <laughs> our own notion of reality and things that we don't know about. And so nice that someone out there uh, is listening. I know you're not the only one, but you're one of the few who, who has written us. So we, I really appreciate that. Written Thank you. And been on the show. And, so and now been on cool. the show. Yeah. So, so anyway, thanks again. Take care and we appreciate it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, 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 man, I, I, I dig it, you know, nice. like I started the snake bros and it's just like, Hey, all the stuff y'all talk about, you know, I, like I, I'm into, so, you know, I, I'll definitely, I'm definitely willing to come back for sure. If, if unless your audience hates me or whatever. <laughs> I think most of our audience knows you from the brothers of the serpent chat room. So I think you'll be okay. <laughs> all right. So cool. All right, take take it easy, Thanks Brad. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing. Right. Thanks. See y'all. Night. See ya. Yeah. That's amazing. How about that? How cool. Oops. I just How about that. I just accidentally that tell you that goes to tell you that we really don't know a whole lot about anything. <laughs> you and I are humans. <laughs> you and no, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Brad's just so much knowledge. Oh, dude, he and he just said he just started. He's like, yeah, I don't really know anything, but here's a hundred things you don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 you fucking idiot. <laughs> no, he was so nice about it, but he, no, uh, he, no, he, no, he, no. he uh, you can tell he's, he's going on that, that journey, you I know. I love it. I love it. That's great. And it looks like he's, he's finding his, his way in, into that, those waters. Cause as you and I know, once you start going in, in deep, it's, it's hard, man. Those currents can take you. Tough current. You know, it's interesting. A lot of the things he brought up are things that I kind of would traditionally associate with like being um, kind of frowned upon. Right. Like, right. Maybe like, next time he comes back, I'm going to ask him. I don't want to put him in a hot seat, but I'm going to ask him. And if you're listening, Brett, you can get ready for this yeah. for this question I was going to ask. It's not a hard question, but I should say, what is the first thing that people resist to? Like the first or one of the concepts that I think you mentioned it, though, 
but it's like one is the, what is the, the first hindrance like what is the barrier that stops you from sharing or like people won't accept well i mean we barely got into it i'm not even like I I, i'm barely comfortable sharing stuff and Gnosticism is like a whole nother level of like complexity and and a lot of the things he mentioned would freak religious and atheist people out because if you mention right. tarot, tarot yeah which makes me nervous I don't, i'm not even barely hardly a new religious person right or golden dawn alistair crowley like it's theosophy that's all stuff that i would say mainstream religion would be very skeptical of and maybe for good reason I don't know that that you don't want to mess around with. That. I'm kind of in that camp too, but, <laughs> but I'm unless trying to be open minded. Unless you want to feel like someone felt that night. Who was it? Oh, anonymous Al. Yeah, that he's been strangled. Yeah, you're opening. Yeah, I don't want to be strangled stay by any shadow monsters. No, stay away from that. That's 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 a gate. Well, you that. we've brought up For that. Sure, we've brought up that picture that Alistair Crowley drew before he died. Before, right? Have you looked that up? Oh. No. So he uh, he drew a picture of the the demon that was telling him what to do. Nice. Oh, I didn't know that. And it look it looks like a gray alien man. Nice. And this was before. Look the, it up. I believe this was before like the pop cultural gray alien look, but I could be wrong. But then again, he was out there. Yeah. Way way too powerful. Yeah. Way 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 too powerful. But. Then again, he died. See, this this is the beauty of it. Well, we all do. We, we all fucking do. We all expire. Game over, bitch. Game over. And we got a good song out of it from <laughs> from Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. But it's game over. No continue. It's done. So that just, in a way, that's kind of cool. But I'm, I'm glad he sh- he, uh, he he was here. That, oh, me too. I, I feel like one of the reasons we do this show, I think you'll agree with me, but let me know. Is um, because because we we found so many common interests between you and I that are that are, feel hard to find out there in the public, right? Mm. People who are interested in mystery and history and philosophy and science and better self betterment, self introspection, all this stuff. You know, we talk mm. about science. Um, so it's always nice to find like another like lit candle. You know, <laughs> that kind of thinks not the same, but is curious, you know, and curiosity is sometimes seems in short supply, which is wild to me. So, yeah, there's just there's just an autopilot NPCs M- another great P- computer P- metaphor, P- man. P- yeah. NPCs. NPCs. Uh, wow. Do you got do you want to close with anything? Are we done? Are we good? I think we're good. I think our listeners were just, that was a nice little gift. I think so. Nice. But whoever wants to show up and share their knowledge. Yeah. I'd love to know if someone's like disagrees please. with something Brad said or disagrees, agrees. Yeah. Or agrees. We would love to be, you know, have you on the show or have you on the podcast. And, uh, and listeners, we apologize for the audio connection. Um, that, was it just me as Brad was breaking up a lot? Did you hear that too or no? Alfredo? Yes, was, I did. Okay. I, I did. So he, I didn't know what it was. I don't know if it was the aliens or what. <laughs> he, his <laughs> signal is being beamed to us from 2000 miles away. So <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, so if you would like to come on the show, just email us at admin at our or send us a message on Instagram 
at our underscore philosophia. Our website is our philosophia. And funny enough, the name of our show is actually just philosophia. <laughs> the issue was, uh, everyone already had <laughs> that right. Instagram handle and website. So right. anyway, however you find us, reach out to us, say hi, go to the sacred ritual.com and buy some cool gifts for coffee. Christmas. I need, I need coffee. I, you know what? I actually have some. I ha- we haven't had we haven't had any in stock for a while. You actually can't buy it on the website, people. Sorry, Go to your house. But if you say, here's another one-time offer. So th- it's September. What is it? September fourteenth. So yes, this is not an indefinite offer. This is like a fall offer. <laughs> if the year is not twenty twenty three, this offer has expired. Okay, but if anyone wants to buy anything on the website, thesacredritual.com, and use code Sophia. Not only will you get the discount and the donation, but I will sneak a bag of coffee in there. <laughs> Within reason, you can't buy something for five bucks and get free coffee. Right, right. Come on. <laughs> and good stuff, too. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I'll still want a bag. I'll, I'll drive up to your house. You get a bag without a purchase. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Right. Alfredo, take it easy, man. Stay strong at work. 